0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. alhamdulillahi wa alamin wa salatu salamu ala rasulih Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Generally I give talks about like um about emotions, about how to bring, you know, how to make things easy in our life. Today I really want to talk about something that has has been really on my mind for the last 2 3 days. And I could have talked about this in, in a Jummah khutbah, but I thought let me talk about this in Salat al-Fajr because usually what we have in Salat al-Fajr is the cream of the community. This is the cream of the crop. And I want to talk about something that has been honestly bothering me for some time. You know, subhanAllah, this one week, this just past one week, I received four to five calls about, I want to get a divorce. This, this one, this, just this one week, I want to get a divorce. And it got me thinking, and this is not the first time this has happened. There has been other times where you know i get continuous calls and you know, it just it comes as a big wave and then it subsides and then it comes again as a big wave and so it got me thinking that what's wrong today with our growing men and then at the same time i'm seeing that when i talk to uh, you know people who are in the field of psychology people who are counselors people who are guiding young men and young women And they're telling me, too, when I talk to them, that, you know, do you ever talk to young Muslim men? And what do you see? And they tell me that it's very disturbing, Imam Nadim. It's very disturbing. Now, let me make one disclaimer. Am I saying that there's no problems with our young women also? I'm not saying that either. There are problems. But right now, we are here, the men, and I really want to address something. There are three things that today I'm going to leave you with that we have to really focus on when it comes to our young men. When you have a teenage son, or you have an upcoming son, there are three things today I'm going to leave you with that we have to truly focus on. The very first thing is akhlaq. The very first thing is that we have to teach our children, especially our young men, our young boys, is akhlaq. You know, a lot of times we feel that the most important thing to teach them is religiosity. Before religiosity came akhlaq. Before the Prophet became a prophet, there was akhlaq. The Prophet he says, مَكَارِمَ I was sent to perfect character. So when we talk about our young men, it's not just about religiosity. It's not just about making them memorize the Quran. It's not about just sending them every single day to the masjid and read the Quran and read the Quran and come to the masjid. And outwardly, you have this very beautiful picture. But internally, the akhlaq is so damaged. It is suffering at such a high level that they don't know how to do the basic things in life. They don't know how to interact in the most basic way. Brothers and sisters, akhlaq is the most important thing. You don't have akhlaq, all the ibadah that you do after that, it becomes meaningless. There are many ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ where people have come to the Prophet ﷺ. One story, a, a pe- people came to the Prophet ﷺ, that there's a certain person, there's a lady. She prays, she does this, she does that, but her akhlaq is suffering. The Prophet ﷺ says that this akhlaq, I mean the fact that her ibadah is of no good if this is the way her akhlaq is. So brothers and sisters, we talk so much about akhlaq from the minbar. We talk so much about akhlaq from the pulpit. You know how many lectures have been given about akhlaq? And I can almost guarantee you that if you start a series over here about akhlaq, many times people feel like, oh, this is a cliche topic. This is not a topic that I'm, you know, I need to learn about. I already have good akhlaq, but if we have good akhlaq, then it's gonna translate into our kids also. So the very first thing I truly wanna to ha- um, highlight today is akhlaq. The second thing, and listen to, me, listen to me very carefully when I say this, habits. You know, SubhanAllah, today, you know, there's a, a very well-known saying that we find today in our society, Boys will be boys. How many of you have heard that? You know what that means? Do we ever think about what that actually means? It actually... Let me tell you what that means. It means that no matter what boys are going to do, what wrong they're going to do, what kind of bad habits they're going to have, it's fine. This statement, boys are going to be boys, is as if you're justifying their actions. When when, When women are raped in society... You know how many people? You know how many, how people sometimes they respond. Oh, boys are going to be boys. That's the way it is. So here's what we need to do in our in our families. First of all, is that this idea that today we have, like for example, we put restrictions on our own daughters. Daughters, you st- you stay here at home. You cannot go home after some time. If you're outside, make sure you are back inside the house at a particular time. But you know what happens with our boys? We think that they're angels. Okay? And yes, there are some boys who are Allah, they are really good. But this it's not about that. When we let go of our kids, especially our boys, stay, out, stay outside as long as you want. It does not matter. This is wrong. Plain, simple wrong. Because you know what happens when this, when this becomes a habit of theirs? When they get married one day, then they're going to stay outside instead of being at home with their wife, they're going to be outside. When we let our kids play video games for four, five, six hours on a day, which goes against all aspects of being productive in life, then they're going to have the same habit and believe me when i say this i still see today that people who are getting married young men who are getting married they're sitting around playing video games for four or five six hours how's that being productive in life how's that being a good husband you know how many young women today we find in our community who are not getting married you know why i'll tell you why because there's no good men out there left at the same time Sometimes our boys, they want to be so isolated from everyone. You know, let's go to a, a dawat. No, I want to stay at home. I want to be alone. I want to be alone. This is not normal. Because think about this. The day comes that they get married, and their wife is going to want to be around a husband who goes out, who is a little... I don't have, I'm not saying you have to be very social. Being very social also is not good. There has to be a balance You don't have to be extra social, you don't have to be completely isolated, but be at a moderate level. But when you have these young men who are completely either so isolated, or they're so outside, they're always outside, or they're always playing video games and so forth, and not only that, but the way sometimes they talk about women and so forth, we are not developing proper and the next generation of good husbands. That's our responsibility as parents. So going forward, we have to really focus on habits. With the Prophet ﷺ, it does not count, you know, I do say that when it comes to education, yes, we need to educate our children. Right now, statistics say that there are more girls in college, there are more girls who are graduating with higher, with higher educations. And so when these girls, when they're looking also for a husband, they want someone who has a decent amount of education, if not on the same level, a decent amount of education because it becomes their responsibility to provide a roof over their head and put food on the table for their family. That's the responsibility of the husband. So, think about this. It is, it, as long as they're close by, but akhlaq, as I said earlier, is very important. Rasulullah sallallahu when he got married to Khadija anha, think about this, who had more money? Who had more money? Khadija anha, more ma- had, she had more money. Who had a business? It was the khadija radiallahu anha, but that did not deter her from marrying the Prophet. Why? Because he had habits, good, healthy habits. And how did that get built? First of all, is that if you say the seal of the Prophet, he was a shepherd at one time. As this, as if, I mean, as is the case with all the Anbiya They were shepherds at one time in their life. And it's the reason why this is so so important is because when you are a shepherd, it builds bravery in you, it builds compassion in you for your animals it builds responsibility in you for your uh, for your animals it builds uh, understanding and you have this understanding that these animals are my responsibility just like a shepherd protects them it builds the understanding of protection so this all these things they start to build up a person now our kids today they don't have these kind of things so the first thing I said was the second one is habits Please, we have to build good, proper habits within our young men so that when they become husbands one day, they can be actual men. Actual men. And the third thing is, the most important thing I would say is taqwa. Just building basic taqwa in their life. If a husband and wife are going to have taqwa, that taqwa is going to disseminate into the children also. Let me give you a quick, I'll finish on this, inshallah, a very beautiful story. A man once was extremely hungry, and he, his name was Thabit. So Thabit, you know, one day he was, a, he was a man of righteousness, a lot of piety, a lot of taqwa. So one day he saw that there was a, a tree uh, filled with apples. He was extremely hungry, so he plucked off an, an apple, and he ate it. After a while, it came to his mind. Think about this: how much taqwa, how much mind awareness this man has. He went to the owner, he says, I took one apple. That's it. He just took one apple, he was extremely hungry. But he felt that it was his moral obligation to go back to the owner and tell him that I took one apple, please forgive me. I took it without permission. So he went to the owner, he says, I took it, I took this one apple, please forgive me. I, you know, I was really hungry. My hunger overcame my, my sense of um, piety at that time. So he says, can you forgive me? He says, no, I won't forgive you. So he says that, please, just anything. I'll do whatever you want. He says, okay, you want, it, you want something? He goes, you have to marry my daughter. He goes, marry a daughter? Okay. But he goes, let me tell you from before. My daughter, she can either see, she can either hear, and she can either speak. Okay? She can either hear, she can neither speak, and she can neither see. Now this young man, he's in, he in a state of shock. He's like, what do I do? I want to be forgiven. I don't want this to be, you know, be on my shoulder on the day of judgment. And he's thinking, thinking, thinking. He says, okay, fine. I mean, I, he says that the akhirah is more important to me than this dunya. So he says, okay, I'll get married to your daughter. And he's thinking to himself, how am I going to even connect with my wife on different levels? In which way? If she can neither see nor hear nor speak, how am I going to connect with her? But he said, "Okay, I'll give in," and he gave in. And the night comes, where the I mean, the day comes that they get married and so forth. And the father of the girl, the wali, he calls um, the the groom. This is the nikah is over and everything. So he calls uh, he calls him in, and he says that you know this is you know inshallah now in the next room. My daughter is there, as I told you, please take care of her. Once again, she can neither hear nor, nor speak nor, nor, nor see, but just take care of her. She's now your responsibility. And this man is still thinking, what am I going to do? Am I, what am I going to do? So he goes into the next room and she stands up and she says, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And he's shocked. I thought, you cannot speak. And she says, I can speak. So which means that she can see, she can hear, and she can speak. So he, he was shocked. He said, I don't understand. Your father said that you can't do any of these three things. And she says that when my father said that I'm blind, it means that I have never ever seen anything in my life that is, that is classified as haram. When my, when my father said that I'm deaf, it means that I've never heard anything in my life that is considered as haram. And when I am, I, I am mute, it means that I, can, I have never said anything that is considered as wrong. That's all it is. That's what my father meant. And subhanAllah, you think, you think about this. A man of such piety, a woman of such piety, and from that marriage comes a person by the name of Nu'mad ibn Thabit, or formerly known as Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullahi alayhi. When husband and wife, they have piety... That translates into the kids. It may not be at the same level, but it does most certainly come into the kids. So these are three things I leave you with today, inshallah. I do wanna see, I, it's not happy, you can even ask Ustad Bajur also. You can even ask Sheikh Yasser. I mean, the amount of divorces that are taking place, we wanna build up the next generation of proper men. But these are three things I leave you with today. There's, there's akhlaq, there's proper good habits, and the last thing is, I ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to make our generation a better generation. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make our young, young growing men proper, proper men, men who are productive, men who will um, be good uh, role models for the future. Amin, rabbi alameen Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. والخاشعين والخاشِعَاتِ والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله ones who are الله لهم مَغْفِرَةً وَأَجَرًا عَظِيمًا